Sit With Us acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to the land this podcast is recorded on. We also pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Sit With Us, the podcast. I'm Ella. And I'm Dom. And this is your invite to sit with us and chat about all things relationships, reality TV, pop culture, and everything in between. Coming up on this episode. I am always excited to speak about periods. Like, I mean, I could talk about it all day, okay? You've only got six days that you can actually potentially fall pregnant. Why doesn't everybody know this? Welcome back to another episode of Sit With Us. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we have a really exciting episode. We have an incredible guest on today. Her name is Freya Lawler. She is a naturopath from Melbourne and we just go in depth today on all things fertility, hormones. So I also just want to offer a little bit of a, I guess, caution. If you're going to listen to this episode, we do talk about fertility, struggling to fall pregnant, all of those kind of things. So just a little bit of a disclaimer for anyone who's going to listen. Yeah. And she also, you know, really educated me a lot on the endometriosis myths, you know, things that I've heard before and things that I've read. I mean, I don't really know much about hormones. As you guys know, I'm on the pill. So, I mean, Dom Dom learned today that I have fake periods and she had no idea. <laughs> guys, we are going to go straight into this chat because honestly, there are some things that I was awoken to today that I didn't know in my all of my 30 years which is kind of sad but I really think that you are all gonna really enjoy this chat so head in head first you're gonna love it so guys we're here today and Dom and I are really excited to have this chat and we're excited for you guys as well because we know that we're going to be learning a lot this is like free education right now and it couldn't have come at a better time because I'm also almost at my period. But we have the beautiful Freya Lawler here today. Mm-hmm. Woo! Which is Yay! <laughs> so exciting. And just so that you have a bit of a brief, I guess, I description of what she does. She's a naturopath uh, working in Melbourne. Yep. Did I say Virtually. that? Virtually. So everywhere. So it's all virtual. So do you want to explain to us what's your role? Yes. So I'm a naturopath and nutritionist. Yeah. So what's my role? I'm a bit of like a health detective, I guess you could say. Yeah. Cool. So I specialize in reproductive health. Wow. So majority of my patients either have endo, pelvic pain or other hormonal presentations, PCOS, maybe trouble falling pregnant, yeah, recurrent wow. miscarriages, Wow. that type of stuff. Yeah. And I kind of feel the gap between the conventional medicine specialist, the GP, mm. And just sort of complete the triangle because so many people have lots of questions or maybe they don't want to go on the pill or follow conventional treatment. Yeah, And I feel like all those things that you specialise in, it's becoming so common Mm. now and it's more spoken about. Mm. Like I even remember when I was a skin and laser tech, I used to hear a lot more about PCOS and I didn't really know anything about it, but I would see... Clients come in getting mm. laser because of um, the hair the growth, hair growth. Like yeah. down there. And yes. Yeah, it was yeah. – I mean, I didn't really know much about it, but I learned mm. from my clients. Yes. Um, so I guess was this always for you your mm. plan with your career? Like mm. how did you 
How yeah. did you get into it? Oh, I was a bit of a rascal and I didn't come from an academic family. So I sort of was like, four-year bachelor degree? What the hell? That is so much time. <laughs> it's no. a lot of time. I mean, Dom and I both also didn't, <laughs> did, yeah. didn't yeah, do that Yeah, no, ourselves. definitely. I did one semester at uni and was like, see ya. <laughs> yeah. so, so it was really daunting. So I went to the naturopathic college in Melbourne three times before I finally committed. Wow. Um, but I grew up in southern Tassie and, oh, cool. you know, it was sort of oh, like, beautiful. for lack of a better term, sort of. Half rednecks, half hippies, basically. Okay. Yeah. Cool combo. We were kind of in the middle. Like yeah. Nan was the head of the Catholic Church. Mum was a little bit more alternative. So that was sort of always the way that I lent and was really obsessed with sport and nutrition and stuff growing up. So, yeah, it seemed like a natural sort of direction to go. I started out doing, you know, interior design and stuff like that. Oh, cool. Stopped and wanted something, I guess, a little bit more purposeful. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting journey because I think, you know, even – Back to what Ella was saying about like, you know, in high school growing up, I don't remember hearing anything about PCOS, uh, endometriosis. Nothing, there was no education nothing. about it in, in high school and I actually went to an all-girls school. Yeah. So for me it was if I was ever unwell, the first thing I would do was obviously just go to a doctor and if yep. they handed me antibiotics I wouldn't, yep. you know, ask a question. It would just be like, yep, that's whatever. Um, and Ella and I both have our own stories and our own journeys in this and, and we are going to – get deeper into that but I mean how do you keep up with you know new research and all facts and things changing learning yeah Dom I mean I spend so much money on mentorship wow (laughs) I'm continually you know I don't have the time to be totally honest doing the research myself yeah so I see my mentor she does all the research and she's got you know 30 years experience or whatever and just trickles it down to me and it's incredible and I have to do it yeah. have to keep up to date with it otherwise I'm behind the eight ball yeah. you know for endometriosis specifically I'm signed up to all the medical journals mm. you know specific anything endometriosis and yeah. you know, nutrition or natural or whatever I'm getting emails for so I'm definitely connected with it but I think you have to be ahead of the game yeah with it because people do still want scientific evidence mm. you know of course. And I'm I all think about we it. Yes, yeah. and I think yeah. it's good to like back up yeah. whatever you're saying as well. I guess, you know, when it comes to endometriosis in particular, mm. there has been a big shift in the last five years that, you mm. know, women are coming out sharing their stories saying just how painful it is and how yeah. debilitating mm. yeah. this disease is. And the government is, I guess, throwing more money at it now Thank and we are goodness. getting more research. Yeah, yeah about time, bloody yeah. about damn time. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I feel like, like we had this conversation recently. I think it might have been on one of our podcasts or something mm. how we were saying that pads and tampons and stuff, they should be free. Yes, they like, should be free. A hundred percent. When I was in the jungle with Liz Ellis because her um, charity right. had was yes. well, is shared the dignity yeah. and – when we were in there, she shared with us a lot of information and stories mm. that she'd heard through the organisation and charity. And, you know, women are cutting up pads and using only small mm. bits of it at a time because they can't mm. afford, you know, to have – there's real period poverty. And, I mean, mm. that's just one factor of it. But dealing with all of the stuff that comes with it and still having to show up, be mm. a mum, be a daughter, yeah, be a, a lot. girlfriend, whatever it is, yeah. mm. at that time of the month is really challenging. But we will get to periods. Yeah, we definitely think- will get there. We're <laughs> yeah. very excited clearly yeah. to speak about periods. Well, yeah. <laughs> I am I am always excited to speak about periods. Like, <laughs> I mean, I could talk about it all day, okay? Um, so I want to start off just by asking you, what are some of your favourite kind of like, 
I don't want to call them stories, but the mm. things or how you've helped people overcome certain ailments or yep. how you've changed mm. people's lives yep. using natural therapies. Na- yeah. yeah, natural therapies, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's an amazing story recently actually of a young woman who was 24 who came to see me for endometriosis support and she'd been purely in the conventional system um, since she was 17, so she'd been put on the pill. And, Don, this goes back to, you know, when we were growing up, PCOS and endo weren't spoken about. They Mm. weren't spoken about because they weren't diagnosed because you were just put on the pill, basically. Right? Yeah. Oh, you just got heavy periods. It'll be fine. Yeah. 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 So there's no diagnosis. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was, you know, go on the pill. And she yeah. had a very similar story. However, the pill wasn't complete at managing her pain. Mm. So she went to see a general gynecologist and general surgeon that didn't um, specialise in endometriosis, which, you know, absolutely no fault of her own. She was in the conventional mm. system. Mm. And that surgeon had recommended that she have a laparoscopy to remove the endometriosis. Right. She had a slightly, uh, I guess, outdated form of surgery, in some cases successful, but it's burning it off versus like scraping it off at the root, which is the excision. Mm -hmm. Anyway, fast forward six years, the laparoscopic surgery didn't resolve her pain and she ended up with this surgeon having five surgeries before 24. And I don't know if you know what's involved in these surgeries. I don't. I don't really know. It's intense. I've had a laparoscopy. because they actually at one point thought I had endometriosis, yes. but I've just wow. got like multiple cysts, which is a whole thing. My but goodness, um, do it, we have a lot to talk about? <laughs> oh my god, um, it's not it, it's not easy, and especially when they are going in there and using the burning method, or yeah. they're actually fully doing the scraping thing. It's yeah. it's a lot, yeah. and it's it's a painful it's recovery as well. Yeah. And Future for recovery. having all of those surgeries even before the age of twenty four, wow. And there's something to be said, you know, every time you have a surgery, mm. it doesn't matter where the surgery is, you're going to have scar tissue. So mm. when we're looking at four surgeries, wow. we are looking yeah. at a lot of scar tissue and, you know, potentially a lot more pain. So her primary form of management was surgery. That's what was mm. recommended. And, you know, her mental health was significantly impacted by the mm. hormonal medications she had been prescribed as well. So she was in an extremely poor state of health from a mental health perspective Mm. and a chronic pain and the surgeon or the care providers had never ever spoken to her about diet about Mm. pelvic physio which I'm so obsessed with acupuncture Mm. any other alternate um, pain methods so she and many of the women that arrive with me are completely at the end of the road because the conventional system has got no more to offer them. Mm-hmm. They can't, they're not going to do another surgery or maybe they will, yeah. but that's not going to help because, you know, the subsequent four haven't been. Yeah. So then they hit the end of the road. So she came in to see me and we did general bloods, which is my favourite thing to do. I'm a mm-hmm. bit of a pathology nerd just to really see what was happening. And she had insulin resistance, so elevated insulin, high blood sugar, you wow. know, earlier stage moving on to type 2 diabetes. Oh, so really poor me. metabolic yep. health, which is unbelievably common it's the first thing I look at the first thing I look at and you know her hormones were all over the shop her estrogen was high she had low nutrients vitamin d zinc b12 just the nutrients you need to be able to function and have energy and get through the day so her state of health hadn't even been considered the entire time so she's now at a place after you know three to four consults don't get me wrong so much of this is down to her and her dedication to Mm. getting better Um, but you know she's at 60% 60% improvement in her wow. pain. We've gotten her off the hormonal meds. Her mental health's improved. Um, she's feeling better in her body. She's yeah. able to, you know, lose weight and feeling really confident and wow. fit into her clothes again because she was puffy. She had a lot of water retention and just didn't feel like herself. And when you say hormone 
um, supplements or tap, yes. tablets. Like what, oh, yes. what does that even mean? When yeah. people say, like, I'm taking things for my hormones, like, yes. what is this tablet doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we need nutrients in order to make our hormones. And when we get quite stressed out, we chew through our nutrients, for lack of a better term. Okay. Also, if we have poor gut health, we may not absorb or extract all of the nutrients from our food. So mm. we might have this pristine diet, mm. um, but our gut health is poor, therefore the absorption of the nutrients is poor. So mm. we've got, you know, the missing foundations to actually produce the ingredients to produce the hormone. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I'll prescribe nutrients. Herbal medicines are incredible though. Mm. So the herbal medicine can really work to either uh, support liver detoxification to promote hormonal balance or mm. um, increase progesterone or clear estrogen. And all of these herbs that I use are all evidence Okay. Based. Wow. Which is incredible. This is not yeah. woo woo. This is not, you know, yeah. some witchcraft. Yeah, we're not, we're not up in Mullumbimby. <laughs> no. And, yeah. Like, <laughs> no. The witch doctor up there is giving you something. This is proper, this is like, like, actually badges. Absolutely. Yeah. So with research, which 100%. is so incredible. This is something that I really want to know personally. Mm. If there's anything, like any supplements or yes. things that you would recommend to any woman, I'm a 30 year old woman, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, who plans to have children in the next few years, yeah. who tries to have, you know, I think I've got a good diet. I might be a little bit cheeky and naughty. I do love my sweets. It's all about balance. Tom. Yes. Yes, I, I look balance, um, but <laughs> and I I swear by magnesium. Take it every night. Love it. Um, but yeah. other than that, I don't take any supplements. So, what yeah. would you recommend someone like me take? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I would recommend you go and get your bloods tested. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing that yeah. next week. Yeah, yep. yeah. bloods <laughs> tested. We're talking basic nutrients: vitamin D, mm. zinc, B12. Iron studies. I actually have a question around blood tests. Yes. Just before we move mm. on to the supplement for you, Dom. Yeah. yeah. So, because yeah, yeah. I get my bloods done very regularly yes. right now because I'm on Roaccutane. Yes, of course. What you see in your blood yeah. test results, yes. is it the same as what the GP sees? We see exactly the same thing. We just interpret it differently. Right. So, they're looking for a red flag. Yeah. So, they're looking for an overt deficiency that's going to significantly impact the quality of your health. Yeah. Or an excess that's going to lead to significant damage to your health. Right. I'm looking... I call it a functional range. So, you know, you could be uh, a low normal zinc, a low normal iron, a low normal vitamin D and feel like absolute rubbish. Mm. Whereas because that is within their conventional range and it's not highlighted in red, you're okay. But those ranges are ginormous. Yeah. Back to, I guess, a recommendation. Yes. Like a really really standard supplement. Standard, Really basic standard without having to get a blood test because maybe some of our listeners aren't able or don't want to. What's just like a really good go-to, you keep it on the shelf daily Well, there's not one. But there's um, many. <laughs> essential, I'm getting my pen out. Yeah. <laughs> essential fatty acids. I take them daily. A fish oil. Yeah. Um, and that is because oh. they are an essential fatty acid because they are essential for our health. Mm-hmm. We cannot – our body can synthesise, our microbiome can synthesise lots of nutrients. We can't make our mm-hmm. own essential fatty acids. You must get them from the diet. Yeah. And, you know, from fish is the easiest, swiftest way to get your essential fatty acids. Most of us are not eating, you know, three 100%. serves of fish per week. And you know, Fatty fish. I will say as well, I used to take EFAs a long yes. time ago. You can get the biosudica ones at the Chemist Babe as well um, behind okay. the counter, but they're a bit I more expensive yes. and they are a bit more expensive. So it's worth it though. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> yes. And I'm taking the DMK ones oh, because awesome. I use yes. DMK. Yes. But I ran yeah. out and I yeah. take I take six a day. I take yeah. three in the morning and three yeah. at night. Purely more because <laughs> yes. I'm on Roaccutane at the moment. Yes. 
Yes. But I did run right. out for about yeah. five days mm-hmm. and I noticed the difference in Already. my skin yeah. because it just got extra flaky yeah. and yeah. like it, you can just see the dryness, the dryness yeah. so wow. much more, babe. Like it's yeah. crazy. And what, is, what are the EFAs doing internally? Like I understand for you your skin and, yeah, yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff, but I really yeah, yeah. I want to know what this – because it's like, oh, yeah. fuck, it's six th- – hey, this is from another – it's six fucking tablets a day. Yeah. Tiny, <laughs> they're just, they're yeah. tiny. She's carrying around a fucking pillbox. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> all right. They're tiny. They're like tiny little <laughs> bully things and they just – but, but right seriously, like, what, what is it actually doing internally yeah. okay. that's so, like going to be better for me? Mm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So if you're experiencing any type of pain, mm. it's incredible because essential fatty acids are oh. anti-inflammatory. Um, Amazing. So they're particularly good at levelling out your essential fatty acids, particularly if you consume a bit more of the omega-6 fatty acids, which mm. commonly fried foods and stuff like that. Mm. So it can really work to balance out the omega-6s mm. and 3s. Um, omega-3 dominant is going to mean more... Um, anti-inflammatory support meaning less pain mm. so incredible if you experience period pain menstrual pain headaches my headaches come back right away when i stop on the air mm. phase yeah wow. um but from a skin perspective incredible so mm. the essential fatty acids get in and purify the sebum mm. They purify it and they clean it up so it's not sludgy, so it's not sticky, mm-hmm. and they obviously, you know, hy- hydrate. It's like it the, um, nourishes. It's so oils. nourishing. It nourishes your oils. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm going to purify right yeah, after purifies this. Purifies them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, I do yeah. swear wow. by EFAs because yeah. I yeah. Vis- I notice an actual yeah. change. Yeah. But see, this is incredible having you on, Freya, because. From me, like I've got no idea about anything, right? It's always like, oh, take this, but it's not – Why? No one's telling me yeah. why, why, what it's yeah. going to do, how it's yeah. going to help me, how it's going to yeah. help my body function yes. better. Yes. But also there's so many supplements yeah. out there. Yeah. There's just like you go to the chemist and it's a field day. You're like, yeah. oh, my God, I need this for this. Yes. But you don't know. And also a lot of people say that shit doesn't work. Yes. Like everyone's like, don't bother with that. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. But I can definitely say EFAs fucking work. Right, so <laughs> EFAs, EFAs are on the shopping list. I'm going to chemist – Warehouse straight after this. What else do we need? Yeah, get the bioceuticals. It is the one supplement you want to invest in and they are more expensive. Yes. Because the fish oils are prone to oxidisation. You want to make sure they're tested for heavy metals. Microplastics, the list goes on. So pay more and you will get more out of it. That's one that you want to invest a little bit more in. Mm. My other fave, you're already on magnesium, Mm. is zinc. Yeah. Yeah. Love. Zinc. Yeah, zinc's great. Personally, I check all medications against supplements in my database mm. and commonly prescribe zinc because it's amazing mm. for mental health, yeah. particularly uh, anxiety states, which you through our zinc for anxiety. But zinc, what I love it for, amazing research on reducing pelvic pain mm. and incredible wow. for skin healing. So it's a wound healer. Mm. Increases okay, zinc. the healing time I'm getting it. Lesion, I'm taking it. whether it's eczema, <laughs> Yeah, zinc is amazing. Yeah. And Freya, are supplements best taken with food? Can we confirm or deny? For the majority of the time, yes. Majority, yeah. you need to like line your stomach, right? 100%. Because it can like absolutely destroy your gut lining. Particularly zinc. It will make you feel so nauseous if you have it on an empty tummy and it's the most oh. awful nausea you've ever experienced. It's oh. Okay, yeah, definitely. With food. With the zinc, it comes back, I guess, to the stress management side of things because zinc mm, and magnesium 100%. are also great yes. for that. Yes. What are, I guess, your tips on how to manage stress naturally you know we're all stressed out okay whether it be with work with relationships Mm. life's tough yeah but what are little things that we can do Mm. naturally that can help us Mm. you know calm down um make us you know help with absorption of certain nutrients that we're taking in yeah great question and i think it really depends where you're at and you're 
you know, journey with stress. Mm. Are you at the peak of your career? Things are absolutely humming. You don't have a second to make a lifestyle change. Mm. Literally, you're going to be peaking for the next three to six months and you just need to survive and ensure you don't have a breakdown. Mm. In that case, we're talking acute supports. That's where herbal medicines are unbelievable. Mm. And I do see a lot of people in this situation, whatever their career is, they're peaking and they're like, Freya, I can't change my life right now. Mm. Okay. (laughs) Can you just. And there's a lot of people like that. Yeah. Whether they've got families and they can't, they don't have time. They don't have. Also, it could be also. Um, costly for them to to make changes yes exactly so in that case we bring in acute um, herbal medicine classes called anxiolytics or nervine tonics that literally they are incredible and always in my handbag I don't Mm. have any here today but Mm. you know you take them and in 20 minutes it's like somebody's given you a shoulder massage and you can breathe again yeah so there's that so if you're in that stage of your journey yeah seek a naturopath or integrative GP or something and get some acute support because it will improve your quality of life at that Mm. peak time If you have a little bit more space to actually make lifestyle change, it's the lifestyle change that's going to make the biggest difference because, you know, we all might be faced with the same stressor, but it's each of our own response to that stressor that's going to change Mm. the situation. So I say to a lot of my patients, can we just start with breath? Mm. (laughs) I'm notoriously bad at this, you know, but we really just, when we're on Zoom, 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 running around like mad hatters, Mm. you forget to breathe. Yeah. You know, and we're taking these shallow, shallow short breaths, breaths, short, yeah. shallow breaths. Our body's not receiving the oxygen it needs, which stresses it out. Yeah. Our body always wants to achieve homeostasis. So there's all these mechanisms mm. to come in and sort it out because we're not breathing properly, which is stressful for the body. Yeah. So breath. Yeah. Is, I can definitely like oh. remember even like recently, you know, if we're, if we're busy, mm. if we're like, even today, right, yeah. right, I've been on my phone all morning, yep. organizing stuff for social media and all morning it was just like, go, go, go. And then I think I sat down with my kittens for a second and it was like, I just took a really big deep breath yes. and I was like, oh yeah. shit, I've been forgetting to breathe for the past hour yes. and a half. Yes. And you're like, oh fuck. Yeah. Like I know when I'm stressed, yep. I breathe just heat like I yeah, I, I, I notice so it and then I'm like oh my god then it feels then I start I weirdly start doing this thing where I think that I'm gonna forget how to breathe yeah and yeah. then I totally. start freaking yeah. myself yeah, but yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. just my anxiety though because yeah, when yeah, I'm true. stressed then I yeah I'm more heightened to then have yes. an anxiety attack or a panic yeah, yeah. attack or whatever kind of fucking attack it wants yeah. to be at that time. <laughs> yeah. but what about like and this is a supplement that Dom and I both take we both yes. take the magnesium right yes and Let's say there's like the tablet form and then there's yes. like a powder form. Yes. And also, you know, Dom and I, we wake up and we need to go to the toilet sometimes yes. after taking magnesium. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Yeah. Why, like work. <laughs> what, why does magnesium yeah. actually make you go to the toilet? Obviously, yes. it's, you know, it supports your bowel movements. Yes. Yeah. Um, which I wasn't aware when I first started taking it. I wasn't aware that that was what it could do. Yes. I didn't either. Yeah. I just love it. Surprise. It helps me sleep. It helps me calm, relax. Yeah. And yeah. At night. But then it's great in the morning. Because you go to the toilet. <laughs> but like why? Why are we going yes. to the toilet for magnesium? So it's particular forms have more of that uh, effect, which is called an osmotic effect. So right. particularly the citrate form or the oxide form of magnesium, basically the mineral draws water. 
it draws water towards it and, yeah. you know, increases the bowel motion through the osmotic effect. Right. So it's a totally amazing treatment for constipation. Yeah. Amazing. I do struggle with constipation yeah. Uh, yeah. leading up to my period, which yes. we're going to be talking about periods yeah. now. Yeah. But magnesium for me is an absolute lifesaver mm. at that yeah. time in my cycle because yeah. I know that I'm going to be blocked. It's, it's so I like I hate it. You, you feel gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know in the morning I don't have to take a – what do you call them, laxatives? Like, oh, yeah. gosh, no. no. Never, ever. They're painful. Um, but a magnesium, amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there is, you know, like you say, grade. when can things do harm? Well, if you have chronic diarrhoea, there's specific forms of magnesium, no good. It's just going to exacerbate it. Right. Yes. Yeah, particularly, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's being, it's all about being educated. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I guess yeah, it's whether that, that go- be... It comes back to that saying of like too much of anything yes. is bad. Yes. Yeah. So like if we had like five magnesium tablets, that's not good. Yeah. Yes. Oh, mate, you'd be shitting yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. I don't even want to know what five magnesiums would do, man. Like Whew. that would be bad. That would be bad. Yeah. There's another female reproductive herb that's like touted as the number one women's herb okay. called Vitex or Chase Tree. I don't know if you've heard of it, but, you know, oh. doctors and people kind of go, it's the one herb that will fix everything. But right. it's actually so unbelievably contraindicated in, you know, specific states. It can just muck things up a little bit more. I mean, it's not the end of the world yeah but there's cases and indications where it just isn't going to help and all these supplements that we're taking you know i mean i've i've always been about supplements for a really long time yeah at what point or if yes at what point yes as a female yeah you know if we want to try having a baby if we want to get to that stage of life yeah like example magnesium essential fatty yep. acids all the things yep. that we're taking do we should we stop that like are there supplements mm. that mm. you should stop mm. if you're like wanting to have a baby or try yes absolutely so they are all completely safe because we okay. need to think you know you get your magnesium is a mineral that you get through your veggies and your food yeah essential fatty acids through your food zinc yeah. through the food of course you want to make sure your doses are optimal and yeah. you're not going too high but they are safe during pregnancy yeah but of course, I mean, it's a very sensitive time. You really want to review that with somebody. Yeah, if you're taking right. a whole bunch of supplements and you're going to start trying to conceive, get someone to look over or at least do some research online. Because mm, yeah. um, there are those tablets I see all the time, um, you know, take this before the fertility you, ones? when you're trying. Yeah. And then you take something yes. when you're actually pregnant. Yes, yes, 100%. Because our nutrient demands change throughout each trimester. You know, with each stage of bub's development. So now we're getting super refined in the um, pregnancy supplements where you can have trimester one and that'll help you with nausea. Trimester two, that'll help bub's development at that stage. And then three and then postpartum as well. Wow. Uh, And I am all for them as a foundational supplement. Yeah. Because if we can do everything we can to supplement the diet, we're going to be feeling rubbish with nausea, morning sickness. At Mm. least cover yourself Mm. and keep your stores up for when the intensity of postpartum kicks in and you just need a little bit of something. All of my girlfriends that have been pregnant and my partner's sister is currently pregnant and she was like, we caught up the other day and she was like, yeah, the first few weeks all I wanted was McDonald's. Yeah. You know, so all 100%. I could stomach was McDonald's. Yes. All I could stomach oh, was yeah, like yeah. the plainest thing. And cheese thing. toasties. Love cheese yeah. toasties. You know, yeah. and like <laughs> so you'd have to be taking some kind of supplement during that because obviously you're not getting all nutrients. the nutrients. Well, you would. You, you, you yeah. can't stomach yeah. That's also else. I think I'm so passionate about preconception care mm. and preparing your body for what is to come because it's big. It's a yeah. big 
big, big, big long marathon. Oh my gosh, it freaks um, me And so, out. what is the best thing, I guess, to do for your body if you are thinking about trying, yeah. having a baby, or getting on, going to start trying? Yeah, going to get on it. You know totally. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I think it's a, a good understanding of you know, do you have a regular menstrual cycle? Mm. That's really important because if your cycle is irregular, you're not going to know probably when your fertile window is and when to actually try. Mm. Obviously, that's essential to making a baby, huh? So, you know, thinking about your own health, particularly your menstrual cycle and, you know, is there anything that needs some support there? Is it regular? Do you know when you're ovulating? Yeah. Um, you know, and that's when the egg pops out of the ovary. You know, do you know how to detect your fertile window? That's really important. There are yeah, only no, five I don't. to six. <laughs> I don't. There are only six days of the month that you could possibly conceive isn't that wild babe six <laughs> days you've only got six days that you can actually potentially fall pregnant why doesn't everybody know this well, yes, it should be common knowledge that, right because I, I, we went to a shit school well i went to a shit school, <laughs> I mean, catholic school don't, don't have sex that stuff, yeah, you, know. don't. you don't get taught that sort of stuff <laughs> you know and like i know a lot of people that accidentally have fallen pregnant Absolutely. A lot. Yeah. And then yeah. you hear about these people who are trying all the time in these yeah, six days and then it's yeah. not happening. So it's mm. just like. It's a minefield. Even this morning on the Today Show, they had a segment about women freezing their eggs. Yes. And how, how expensive and, you know, costly yes. it all is. Yeah. On that subject, I guess, yes. a woman's body clock. Mm. When does a woman's fertility decline? And I know it is so case by case basis, but yeah. is there kind of like. That body uh, clock. I don't know. Because, you know, we're grown up and we're always mm. talking about, oh, my God, when girls turn 30, you've got to have your baby. The totally. body clock's going to go. Yeah, my yeah. clock. I don't fucking know where my clock's at. I don't know where <laughs> my clock is. Yeah, um, I haven't yeah. checked my clock out. <laughs> yeah, do I check my clock? Do I go we're to just the hoping for the best. <laughs> <laughs> we're just hoping for the best over here. Look, when we talk about 35, it is based off research that, you right. know, there is a, a bit of a drop from 35 years onwards. However, my philosophy and motto is, is yes, you're, you know, egg count does start to decline from 35 mm. however it's all about preserving the quality of the beautiful eggs that you do have mm. and i see so many women successfully conceive from 35 years onwards yeah. but it all comes down to the quality and the health of those little eggs i feel like wow. you know we should be educated on preserving and uh, nourishing our fertility from when you know we get our period because we need to care for it yeah we do and we need to protect those little legs because but, but what does that mean like yes. what does that mean to yes. nourish our fertility yeah 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 totally so what that means is things like endocrine disrupting chemicals plastics phthalates oh can significantly impact the quality of our eggs. So in a research study in 2020, they called phthalates the, yeah, the 21st century plague to fertility. Wow. Plague. There is and so where do we find evidence. these phthalates? Yeah, yeah. Where, where are they? Everywhere? I find them like, the best. <laughs> they are everywhere. Um, you've just got to try your best. But if you heat or freeze in plastic, that's the best okay. thing to stop. Because you're denaturing the structure of the plastic, therefore liberating the chemicals that are the phthalates that are in the plastic. I so I've got a partner now, <laughs> yes. and um, he's all about understanding the testosterone because apparently, which I'm learning, <laughs> is that for men as well, from the age of thirty or something, the testosterone declines. So he's like well <laughs> into this testosterone thing, yeah. And he doesn't eat out of plastic or Amazing. microwave anything, love or him. do any of that because he's very concerned about this testosterone. <laughs> so I'm learning all about that, but I didn't really think it would affect us in absolutely one hundred. But it makes sense, right? Like hundred percent. It's affecting wow. males. 
Yeah. Duh, like it would be doing the same thing to us but in a different way. And also in the plastics are xenoestrogens, which mimic the action of our own estrogen, which is a bit scary. It's just tricky because you can't see it. Yeah. It's not a thing that we can tangibly see, you know. And also I feel as though that would constitute as a lifestyle change because yeah. yes, I think about my lifestyle and – yeah, I freeze a lot of things. A lot of things are in plastic. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, know. you can't be um, perfect, but you've just got to try your best and pick the thing that you're exposed to the most. Mm. Are you microwaving in plastic? Well, buy some glass, you know, containers. They're 90 yeah. bucks, but it's like They're the best so investment ever. They are very expensive. <laughs> I mean, so that would be the main thing. I mean, that's a really um, straightforward thing to do that you can control very, very easily. Yeah, right. Yeah. What are some other great things? I mean... If you're, say, if you've gone on the pill for your PCOS or endo but you didn't know that's what it was, it's a really good idea in the lead up to wanting to conceive. You know, I say 12 months is a really good amount of time to maybe consider coming off those medications supported, Mm. you know, of course, will help your experience just to see what your menstrual cycle looks like because it's obviously essential to conceiving, Mm. having a mostly regular menstrual cycle. So giving yourself about 12 months before you want to conceive. And is that the same for? an IUD that's not using hormones I've just got the copper IUD oh great so awesome. is it the same thing where it would take me a year to wean then off if no, I remove you know, it or just, would that be yeah I just say a year I know so many people who come off the pill like period comes back immediately mm. and they can save immediately but it's just wow. in the instance that's not your story. It's very case by case. It's case it? by it case. Is. But it in your so... non-hormonal, um, no, I mean, your period should really resume quite soon. And Whatever. you know what I say, Dom? I always go, think about the risk-benefit scenario, you know. Mm. What's the benefit that you got out of that copper IUD? And then what's the mm. risk with it? Like, can you manage that spotting throughout mm. the month? Is that actually okay? Because the benefits that you're getting from that copper rod are actually so much better than anything else you've mm. ever had. You know, and in some cases people come to me and they're having a crappy mental health response to the marina, but their bleeding is reduced by 90% and their pain by 90% and they're like, oh, my goodness, what do I do? Mm. And that's when, you know, if you've got somebody who can layer on non-contraindicated support for you, Mm. you could keep the marina and then just layer on an extra bit of natural support and level things out. All of your patients that you see that have mm. endo or PCOS, yeah. is there a common denominator with all of them? Is there something that they all have in common, like the family history? Is there something mm. that like... Mm. It's really tricky. I mean, there's a big, it's a very big conversation and, you know, yeah. confronting for a, a lot of people with these conditions. But particularly yeah. with endo, there's a huge amount of research coming out on trauma. Yeah, as a potential like initiating factor of developing it and like really very good quality research. It's still in its infancy, but that is quite fascinating. And I have to say, you know, just this is purely clinical experience. Mm. I do see that in the clinical history very commonly. And trauma can look very different for a lot of people. You know, you've got the big trauma, which could be, you know, the car accident, some level of abuse, um, world war, something like that. And then you've got the little T, which is the small trauma, which could still impact you in a big way. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be the way that your parents treated you when you were growing up Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever it was. That can play a huge role. Yeah, it's 
kind of mind-blowing but very how fascinating. That like that, yeah, that, that blows my mind. Like the, how, yeah. Yeah, the stress and the trauma can, you know, readjust the way that the immune system and the inflammatory systems in the body actually function. What, and if if someone can't get tested for endo yes. and they don't know that they have it yes. and they can't, yeah, what, what can happen yes. in that case if it's not treated? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the severity of the endo. Right. But I think the big question on everybody's lips is fertility and fertility preservation. Because you hear You're, that people with endo yes. can't have babies. 30 to 50%. 30 to 50%. Yeah. Wow. wow. It's, yeah. And that's too high. I'm yeah. sorry. They, they, it's yeah. the the research wow. is is a bit late to the party in terms of I guess Australia and even the world yeah mm. accepting that you know this isn't just women complaining of of period pain and no, and all so of that and not, not being tough enough it's it's yeah. a whole thing and I know so many beautiful women follow mm. me on socials mm. and I see it all the time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it, really it, big. And I will say that 30 to 50%, it's not to say that, you know, they won't ever have a baby. They may just have a few struggles and need a bit of support. Yeah. So it's not to say that they will never have their own beautiful family. Yeah. They might just need a bit of extra support. So if the endo is left and it is more of an advanced stage, yeah, yeah it can impact the health of your eggs. You know, maybe your scarring tubal inflammation around the uterine mm. area, stuff like that. So it is really good to get a handle on it early. And the yeah. only yeah. way, correct me if I'm wrong, I only mm. have heard this from a friend. I don't know yes. if it's right. The only way that you can check if you've actually mm-hmm. got endo is having the surgery. So, yeah, um, that information is the most, I guess, commonly accepted um diagnostic criteria is to have the laparoscopy take a little biopsy and send it off however we have amazing new research and this is sort of just coming out that we can absolutely diagnose via high quality um transvaginal ultrasound which is amazing and that's what i get most of my patients to do because it's minimally invasive it is low cost you don't have to take a month off work you don't have to have an extensive surgery just to find out if you've got endo so with high quality imaging and a sonographer that's skilled to look for endo because it's actually so hard yeah it's like sometimes it's like detecting a shadow wow the way that Mm. it kind of sits in the cavity so that's a whole nother story but i'm very passionate about pelvic ultrasounds performed well guys we have spoken so much about pretty much everything in this episode but we are going to come back with freya for another episode purely on my favorite topic periods yes okay (laughs) I've got a lot of questions and I know Ella does as well. But I definitely do. My period is brewing right now. <laughs> and I feel like I could just sit here and listen to Freya talk I know. all day long. <laughs> but thanks so much, guys, for listening. Thanks, Freya, for chatting to us about all things natural. Natural? My Some natural pleasure. remedies. <laughs> but stay tuned, guys, because we're going to be talking all about periods in our next step. 